Friday at Alliance meeting, we heard a presentation from Jason Coleman, who has begun a new farm here in Bay City called Moonbow Farms. In college, he got a degree in sustainable agriculture, and it seeks to combine the best practices for financial, communal, and environmental sustainability. He talked about making a living at farming to provide for his family, and doing so in a way that also brought the most benefit for the surrounding community and the surrounding environment. One thing in particular he said about sustainable agriculture and his approach to farming stuck with me. He said a person could manage his farm in a way to earn fifty dollars or $100,000 more for himself, but that he didn't really need that. So instead, his model is to spend more money on his workers than on his methods. He won't make as much money as he could, so that the community around him can benefit more. And thinking back on that now, I see that this is a man who has taken to heart John's teaching about bearing fruits worthy of repentance. Now, I don't know that John's words are actually in his mind, but he embodied exactly what John was talking about. Nothing heroic, just a regular guy doing his best for his family and looking out for those around him at the same time. Notice that in Luke's Gospel, John was not talking to religious leaders. He was talking to everybody when he said, You brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Everyone is called to bear fruits worthy of repentance. Everyone has got this call that he gives of Jesus burning out the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, I think that's talking about the chaff within each of us. Jesus is going to give this cleansing fire to each of us. We call upon him to help us to live out these and bear these fruits worthy of repentance. And Jesus is going to cleanse us so that we might bear fruits worthy of repentance. So John tells them to do this, and he asks the, the people then asks, what are they supposed to do? And Jesus gives very simple tasks. Don't keep more than you need whether food or money or clothing, whatever it is, give your excess to others. Don't cheat people. Be honest in your business dealings and don't strive to get more than you need. You may be able to earn tens of thousands more, but don't do so. Rather, give a better wage to your workers. Be satisfied with what you have and don't strive at the expense of others to get more than you need. Kind of simple. And it leads to a joyful way of life. I'd argue that if, the people, if everyone in our country lived by this, if we had the highest paid people choosing to earn less so that the lowest paid people can earn more, choosing to, not being forced, then we would have less violence and anger and division in our country than we do. There would be more rejoicing. That's the kingdom of God, the way of life which John the Baptist proclaimed would bear fruit worthy of repentance the way of life which prepares the way for Jesus. Unfortunately for most of us, it's also a life that's frightfully difficult. If only John had demanded some Herculean task, some enormous quest, well then we could have this great and mighty goal and a method for coming up with a way of achieving that goal and we could be proud of ourselves for accomplishing something great. And that's probably what John's hearers were expecting when they said, what are we supposed to do? And then they heard they were simply supposed to live their lives, caring for others more and living with less, which is actually a lot harder than a quest. 
giving up what we don't need and being content with what we have makes us to place our faith in God rather than in our efforts or our stuff. And giving up what we don't need and being content with what we have makes us give up some of our power and control. Not an easy task, being that behind humanity's fall in Genesis 3, in the Garden of Eden, there was this desire for power and control. You will be like God, the serpent told Adam and Eve. John calls us to one of the most difficult quests that we could have. Give up power and control and place your faith in God. And by the way, John said, this will be made apparent not in your religious life, but in your economic life. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world, we hear in James 1. We can't separate our economic life from our commitment to Jesus and his gospel. As Jesus taught in Luke 12, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. A good question we could ask ourselves is, am I spending my money the way Jesus would want me to spend it? On the other side of this coin, of course, both John and Jesus are telling their listeners to live lives of great joy. If you believe in what John said, if you believe in what Jesus taught, there is great joy in giving up stuff for the sake of people who don't have enough. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul wrote in his letter to the Ephesians. Again, I will say rejoice. Following John's way of preparing for Jesus is not intended to leave us sad, morose, or resentful. John's way is meant to leave us with great joy. Trust me, Jesus tells us in Luke 9:24. Trust me, if you truly want to live a life of joy and peace, then you need to give up control of your life. You've got to give your life away, and you will find your life in me. That's the paradox of the gospel. But a paradox that deep down I believe we all know to be true. Give away what you have for the sake of those who don't have enough. This may not seem fair, some of our hearts would tell us, but Jesus didn't care about fairness. He cared about people. Remember the parable of the workers in the vineyard who all got paid for a full day's work, even those who only were able to work for an hour. Regardless of only being able to work for one hour, those workers still needed a full day's wage to have enough to put food on the table. That's life in God's kingdom, where we give up fairness and control for the sake of people having enough. We have about 5% of the world's population in the U.S., but we use about a third of the world's resources. This hurts everyone, not only those without, but those who have an abundance. Shane Claiborne wrote in Red Red Letter Revolution, surplus not only hurts the poor, but also those who are rich. In the Gospels, it's interesting that the rich man starts by asking Jesus about how to find life. If you look at the richest corners of the world, they have the highest rates of loneliness, suicide, and depression. Salvation comes for many by giving their stuff away. That's not what we must do in order to earn salvation. Giving their stuff away, bringing enough to others, and being released from the hold their possessions have on them does not earn salvation. It is salvation. It's life in Jesus' kingdom. That's why when John asked, was asked, 
how are people supposed to prepare for Jesus' coming, he told them to stop putting their trust and their money and their things. Stop striving to get more than you need. Give away what you don't need so that others may have enough. And of course we realize we're going to fall short of John's command. Our stuff and our notions of fairness, our desires for more, and our fears of not being able to do without can have a tight hold on us, can't they? And so we keep striving. We take John seriously. We assume he really did mean it, that we really do need to prepare ourselves for Jesus by having less and giving more. And then we lay our lives at the feet of Jesus' grace. Keep striving, keep failing, and let not our failures turn us away from Jesus. If we feel shamed by John's words, then we definitely need to place ourselves square into Jesus' grace. Remember, Jesus prays, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. We place ourselves in Jesus' grace, and then we let Jesus' grace transform our hearts. So don't keep more than you need, whether food, money, or clothing, whatever it is, give to others your excess. That's the grace of Jesus. Don't cheat people, John said. Be honest in your business dealings, and don't strive to get more than you need. That's the grace of Jesus. You may be able to earn tens of thousands more, but don't do so. Rather, give a better wage to your workers. Be satisfied with what you have, and don't strive at the expense of others to get more than you need. That's the grace of Jesus. As Lutheran pastor Nadia Boltzweber wrote about repentance and the grace of Jesus. This is it. This is the life we get here on earth. We get to give away what we receive. We get to believe in each other. We get to forgive and be forgiven. We get to love imperfectly. And we never know what effect it will have for years to come. And all 